0: Hello and welcome back to the Motorsport Better Podcast. I'm your host GD and joining me once again is my friend and your co-host Vedant. On this episode, we will be talking all about Drive to Survive Season 3. So let's grab some chai, take our seats, read your opinions and dive right into the conversation. Hello Vedant. Have you already binge watched Drive to Survive Season 3?
1: Hello there. Yes, yes I have. It's barely been two and a half days I suppose. And... I have binged it all, because that's what we do.
0: Absolutely, I yeah, absolutely. I I I binged it first thing in the morning when I woke up on Friday, so um, <laughs> <laughs> don't judge me for that. But um, but what, what are you? What, what did you think about season three? Because it wasn't, it wasn't the most exciting. Uh, even though it had like a lot of exciting storylines, it wasn't the most impactful or exciting. Drive to Survive season for me uh, personally.
1: Yes, definitely. Like, so if if we compare it to the previous two seasons, it was not the best one. But as we know, the, the COVID and the restrictions that were placed on the uh, crew crew members was a key part of it. And especially, I, I believe, because the season it, it itself was so great, you know. So the drive to survive, whatever they made, was subpar uh, in terms of that.
0: I, I, w- I wouldn't say Sapa, but I, I, I feel that uh, a lot of... Because, like, so much happened in, in the season and, like, so, so many ex- unexpected things happened in the season that most of them are still fresh in my memory, which is why, like, uh, when I... Because when you're watching Brightest you you're basically reliving the Formula One season uh, uh, that happened last year. And I feel a lot of it was uh, just, you know, still so fresh in my memory that it didn't, it didn't change my perspective or it didn't, it didn't add to it a whole lot. But uh, still, a lot of talking points coming out of Drive to Survive season three. So you know, why not let's 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 just get into it. Definitely, I think uh, the first thing, the 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 very first thing I noticed on the first episode was uh, it was really weird to like see Cyril back, knowing that Cyril won't be on the grid this year uh so it, it was like a really weird feeling for me uh, watching cyril uh, again and you know him making decisions based on the fact that he'll be on the grid this year and him like you know feeling emotional about danny rick leaving and whatnot <laughs> and uh just knowing that he's not even yeah. a part of the sport anymore uh, which is kind of crazy because you know he like when when danny rick was leaving he's like he's Cyril said he's making a mistake and we we are a championship winning team uh, and 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 they did did well last year, so it just makes it even more weird, especially since we haven't heard a lot from Cyril or from the Renault management about Cyril ever since he was sacked.
1: Yeah, definitely. I I, I felt secondhand uh, sadness for Cyril in in that episode, <laughs> and uh, I I think I think Cyril was genuinely genuinely very upset, uh, and yeah, they talked about him not to, they or. Ricardo and Cyril not talking for for days, you know. So yeah, it yeah, it was de- it was definitely weird to see Cyril back.
0: Cyril's a passionate and emotional man, and he owns it. Uh, like he said, he's a um, Frenchman in one of the yeah yeah. That's what that's what he <laughs> exactly said. You know, I'm Latin, I'm French. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I am emotional. So he he owned it. So you know, kudos to him for us for that. Uh, but yeah, first episode, cash is king, and uh, I think it took back took us back to the Racing Point saga. And um, we heard from Lance Stroll. Now, obviously, we know Lance Stroll as someone who doesn't come out and, you know, talk a lot. He's very, you know, doesn't do a lot of interviews. He's not at all the races. But uh, when he shows up, when he makes an appearance, there's a reason for it. And... Um,
1: Lawrence. Uh, you meant
0: Lawrence Yeah, Lawrence. Cole. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I meant. Sorry. Lawrence Stroll. So, we, we, we know Lawrence Stroll is not someone, you know, who makes an appearance at all the races or comes, you know, talks to the media frequently. But... Um, but he made an appearance when the Racing Point saga happened. And I had forgotten all about the interview that he had given. And looking back, uh, it was clear that he was not messing around. And, you know, he was very upset about it. And through, like, all the interviews and the way uh, the Racing Point team was covered and Lawrence Rol's interaction with his team, he seems like a scary man, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I, I know. his His aura seems like he's a big man and his aura seems even bigger.
0: He's very bullish, yeah. And I was like, I, w- I would not want to upset this person. And then uh, there was this segment with Artmas, like, you know, when when the ownership changes, even the upper management, uh, the jobs of the upper management are also yeah. on the line. And you just don't know if you'll be here next race.
1: It certainly was very strange to see Lawrence. And, but it it showed you, you know, how how involved he is in the team, how passionate he is for the team and with him bringing in aston martin for this for this season onwards the behind the scenes uh, stuff we saw in on drive to survive it certainly shows you how passionate he is and he's not just another billionaire with money investing in formula 1
0: No he's he's got a grand plan and like he said you know he's here to win he's not here to uh, just participate uh, which which brings me to another point you know uh, there's this Little clip clip of Gene Haas being interviewed and he's like, well, it'll be nice to, you know, score points uh, at least a couple of times, even if not, uh, you know, I'm not asking to score points in every race, but even a couple of times, which is, which is surprising and um, really, I, I don't want to use the word weird, but like, Uh, demotivating in a way for for the team because like someone who's been involved in motorsport for so long like Gene Haas if he doesn't have that energy that passion to win in Formula 1 I don't know how the team will extract uh, you know how the team morale will be higher or how you know he's setting the bar way too low I feel uh, for the team to make a stride for the team to make changes I think
1: Gene Haas uh, has been involved yeah as you said Gene Haas has been involved in motorsports for a long time but he came into Formula 1 with big hope, big big ambitions. And that partnership with Ferrari, the way they built that partnership was revolutionary at the time, you know. And But at the same time, with him investing a lot of money, they they did well a couple of seasons. Then the, uh, the rich energy thing happened. And then 2019, 2020 happened. So I think he's just very demotivated himself and just wants that, you know, a little bit of happiness in in that way.
0: Yeah, but, you know, you, you don't, I would not imagine a man of his stature to be talking uh, like that or, you know, presenting himself in that way. Uh, he seems tired. He seems uh, pretty done with Formula One at this point. And, and we also saw when you, like, you know, when Gunther was on the phone with uh, jean Haas, as to how you know because G- G was pretty straightforward on the on that call at least that you know I'm bleeding money and I'm not going to put any more money in this team so you need to find money to keep this team afloat so so they're basically surviving um, and you know that's that, that's what we know from from the previous season but yeah and uh, the whole covid thing was really surprising that there was so much uh like w- like, I, I would have, like, I thought at, at the time that when COVID happened, all the teams would have, you know, all the team principals, all the team, you know, reps would have met, and they would have made a unanimous decision. But apparently, it came down straight from FIA, F1, um, to the team. And the teams were in disagreement whether or not they still wanted to race. You know, there was Claire Williams on one side, who was absolutely against it. Then there was Zach Brown, who immediately took action once, you know, uh, the mechanic tested positive for COVID. And on the other hand, we still had Christian Horner saying, you know, uh, we, we yeah,
1: still, they want to yeah.
0: yeah, they want to race. Yeah, they want to race. Which is understandable because you know they set everything up. They flew all the way to Australia, knowing that COVID is happening, uh, and you know the fans were there, everybody was there. So it was a huge uh, decision to just cancel the event altogether. After being like you know, re- because because they knew of the danger, they 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 were being repeatedly asked by the media that hey, the whole world is shutting down. Why is Formula One still happening? Uh, but at the end of the day, it still didn't happen. So it was it was kind of weird. So it w- it would have been fun if you know all all the team principals got together and if there was a meeting to discuss the same, see what everyone had to say. We only saw a glimpse. but uh,
1: yeah, yeah. So that that whole situation was very mismanaged, I think is the word. And we we didn't realize it at the time because COVID was very new in the world. But as we think and when we look back on it. The whole Australian GP situation was very, really, you know, mismanaged and disorganized. And I, I feel bad for the fans because they paid huge sums of money to attend the Grand Prix.
0: I mean, a lot and, of fans flew into Australia. For yeah, that.
1: exactly. And I don't know what happened to them. Uh, they, I don't know if they ever got, got their refunds, but... And also, uh, they, I, I think uh, Drive to Survive could have incorporated the efforts Formula One took on their part for the, you know, the equipment that they made for COVID, uh, to fight COVID for their respective countries. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, that, that would have been a nice addition if, you know, Pride to Survive covered that. And, and, and they covered what went behind the scenes to get Formula 1 back on track, uh, you know, to get Formula 1 running again. Because Formula 1 is essentially like the first uh, major sporting event across the world to take place during COVID. And and they, they didn't cover any of that except that one little piece where we see Zach Brown talking to Chase Carey about um, how many races are possible and you know what yeah. the calendar would look like. So that was kind of disappointing. And they didn't cover any of any of the stuff that Formula One did to keep the fans engaged over uh, you know the COVID break either. Uh, and none none of, none of the stuff that happened online with the, with the drivers or like the F one virtual Grand Prix or any any of those things they could have covered a lot of that.
1: Yeah, they could have covered the virtual Grand Prix and. I mean, in that virtual prix, you obviously had uh, different people from all over the world coming in from different sports. But at least they could have uh, used some sort of, you know, stuff which only connected F1.
0: Yeah, yeah. But again, it was definitely definitely good to have um, Formula 1 back. Back on track. Uh, So, yeah. But again, Red Bull and Mercedes went head-to-head. We saw Christian Horner. I, I thought it was really nice of Christian Horner to go to Toto Wolf, uh, to you know, tell him that they'll be protesting the DAS system.
1: Yeah, I, yeah. Uh,
0: I thought it was. <laughs> I, I didn't think that would, that is something Christian Horner would do, but I guess they share a good rapport with each other. Uh, that he he informed Toto Wolf before doing that. Yeah, I think
1: Fred Russo uh, said it in later see in a later episode that even though they are rivals, they are still one big family. So. Having that rapport yeah. with your colleagues is very, very important.
0: Especially when you spend, you know, every, you spend at least 20, 23 weeks uh, together uh, on the racetrack.
1: So yeah, we, exactly. You need
0: to be good friends. But yeah, definitely, <laughs> it was it was definitely surprising for me though <laughs> to see Krishananda do that. Because I see <laughs> as someone, you know, who'll, who'll pull out all the stops, you know, clean or dirty, doesn't matter to, you know, win, to get back to where he yeah. was because we we forget but christian horner is is the person who won red bull four championships you know uh, within a couple of years of coming to the sport and he he took the red bull team to the very top and uh, and kept that place and Toto wolf just came like like they said in the episode Toto wolf came around and just took the ball from uh, christian horner and christian's been trying to get it back ever since so he's He's got a fight to pick uh, every season now, and I guess 21 is his best chance. Uh, I'm looking forward. It, it was. It was also. Uh, it's also interesting to see uh, the the aspirations that Christian Horner had for Alex in in that team because when we saw *Try to Survive* season uh, season two, when you know they were covering Pierre uh, and Pierre losing his seat and things like that. Uh, we we didn't see you know Krishnana uh, having as much support or was, like supporting supportive words for Pierre uh, when he had left or you know he didn't put as much uh, faith in Pierre as much as they had in Alex so uh, that that was very interesting and even towards like uh, when we saw in, in like the later episodes you know in Bahrain when they were covering Paris and they're covering uh, Roman um, that even then you know. Christian and the team were expecting, were wanting Alex to do well and win so that they they didn't have to make a call outside of
1: the team. Yeah, definitely. And I think, like, in my opinion, they've stuck on with Alex. they stuck on with Alex because they didn't want to repeat that same mistake again of changing seats.
0: But what I'm talking about is, like, the sentiment in the media throughout the last season for Alex after, like, the first six, seven races was, you know... That Alex is done. Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. You know, it it, crea- it created the impression that, you know, even Red Bull is done with Alex and they're just like holding on and just riding the season out because they don't want to look bad. But uh from what we what I saw in Drive to Survive, that was not the case. It seemed like, you know, Red Bull was still putting in the effort to help Alex step up and stay in the team. Alright, what's what's next? Nobody's nobody's fools. Uh definitely definitely an interesting episode. Uh definitely a partial unity. But as Bottas, that has been the talk of the town for the last few days, uh, ever since *Drive Survive* came out. Uh, but yeah, re- really interesting to s- uh, have an insight into you know Bottas's, uh, cause cause we, we, everybody just has written Bottas off for the last couple of seasons after the first couple of races, and everybody is like you know he's he's just not got it. So it's really uh, interesting to see the determination and the. And the perseverance that Bottas has uh, and, you know, what, what's driving him.
1: Yeah, obviously. I mean, these guys all grow up to be world champions one day and Bottas has the chance to do it. So, obviously, he, he wants it more than anybody else at the moment. And, and on that point, I mean, my respect for uh, Nico Rosberg has grown.
0: Yeah, the throwback to Nico's uh, win was, uh, uh, was very nostalgic. And uh, Nico talking about how he got underneath uh, Hamilton's skin and what Valdery needed to do uh, to you know win a world championship.
1: And yeah, and, and in that episode we saw when when Valerie gave Max that toe during qualifying in Sochi, we genuinely saw Hamilton upset, and yes. that is that is what like getting under the skin of Lewis Hamilton is. He was genuinely upset, exactly, and. And what I said, I I will be selfish from now on. Soji twenty eighteen was very hurtful, I'll be selfish from now on. And he did that, he got under Hamilton skin. And I, I hope we see more of that in this season, coming season.
0: Absolutely. I mean, we, even later on in the season, although it wasn't covered by Travis so we, we did see Valtteri, you know, try to do anything he could with the team to, you know, tie strategies or whatever. Yeah, exactly. To beat Hamilton. Uh, but yeah, it, it was definitely, because I, I, I don't think I realized it at the time when Sochi, uh, like the race in Sochi happened, that what, what had happened between Bottas and Hamilton. Uh, yeah. Mm. During the season. So this was, this was a good throwback, I think, uh, to see what had happened. Uh, And it it was very interesting that Hamilton was upset because when Hamilton was interviewing for uh, what had happened in 2016 with Nico, he's like, we were best friends. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, only one of us can be world champions. So I... I, Like, knowing that and, like, you know... It's just like... It it almost makes me feel that Lewis... uh, I mean, it's obviously hard to accept the other side of the coin, you know, when you're on the receiving end of the short stick. But uh, it just seemed like... uh, Lewis is definitely, wasn't sure that he could pull it off without Valtteri being a second driver. Uh, but, but not a lot more from that episode, uh, although it, it, it was good, you know, following uh, Bottas around and getting a break from just watching Monza and uh, Austria over and over again. I think it was like the, <laughs> one of the very few episodes that covered a race that was not uh, Monza or Austria uh, yeah definitely uh, yeah. definitely otherwise like it, it just seemed like most episodes we're just going back to Austria and Monza over and over again and I was like come on like, like, like the, so much more happened during the season
1: I mean Mo- um, Monza was definitely very exciting but I suppose only one episode was enough
0: <laughs> yeah I guess <laughs> um yeah and then and then and then episode four moves on to ferrari uh definitely brought up the whole um Sebastian Vettel?
1: Yeah, the breakup. Uh,
0: announcing his... Yeah, the breakup. Sebastian Vettel announcing his um, move to Aston Martin on thousandth race anniversary for Ferrari. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, very, very cheeky, and, you know. And, and and that particular scene before, you know, before... So, like, you have Krishna and Sebastian talking about something. And, and it's vague. we don't know whether they're talking about announcing the move or the move itself, you know. Um and then you and, and then the scene cuts back to uh, Sebastian Vettel uh, get being announced and then Christian Horner saying that yeah. um, <laughs> he's in a good place I, I don't exactly remember what he said but it was like christian horner getting interviewed yeah so, horner horner uh, horner was... did
1: said that the timing of it makes it very very interesting
0: yeah yeah that's exactly what he said you know maybe he was just pissed off <laughs> <laughs> which is fair enough which is fair <laughs> Uh, it's it's funny how Christian Hanna speaks the truth when when it's not about him. Oh, <laughs> uh, <Whoa.
1: laughs> uh, <oof>, shots fired.
0: <laughs> I mean, he's he's great content though. You know, we saw Christian Hanna, uh go after Toto Wolf uh, when when we saw that Zoom call with uh, Toto Susie. Yeah. Uh, and Krishna, and he's like, i you are you making Toto do all the house chores?" <laughs> Yeah. it's like I, you, you, you gotta let go of it sometime and <laughs> you're not on the track it's okay
1: <laughs> I think the uh, the, vet, the Vettel episode was even more exciting for me because we got to watch the behind the scenes PR coaching that Vettel got Yeah, you know, and that that was definitely it, in fact Charles awesome. also got that because of their miserable season that they were having and they were coached on things to say and not to say and obviously uh the drivers do get coached, but yeah, it was I think an extreme, I suppose.
0: And and we we could see the tension between um, Sebastian and I. I think like the her name was Sylvia, who yeah. was like coaching Sebastian. Yeah, and, uh,
1: I, I, I don't remember the name, but Johns. yeah, I know the tension was definitely visible. It was awkward. But,
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it was very interesting too. like when Sebastian got interviewed about you know why uh, you know what he thought about Ferrari being at the back of the grid and he's like we deserve it. Yeah. Well, and on the other hand, Mattia Binotto was like we we didn't you know break any rules. And then you have Sebastian Vettel saying we deserved it. It's uh, so very, very very interesting. And then uh, when he was he was he was like doing like a fan interview, he's like uh, well I can say whatever I want because yeah. you know <laughs> I'm, I'm leaving the team.
1: There was a, there was <laughs> another except. moment that. Uh, I think the the PR rep- the the PR guys said to Vettel that you you can't be funny because our yeah that was
0: like uh, that was like the Italian Prix right after like uh, like after the Belgian Prix when they didn't do well they yeah yeah exactly the points.
1: yeah <laughs> you can't be funny because of our performance <laughs> like who said that <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was uh, certainly very strange and
0: and and then and then Drive to Survive made. Like, I, as a Ferrari fan, I had to relive the horror of uh, the 1000th race anniversary celebration all over again. Oh, <laughs> that was That oh was Lord. really painful. Uh, it was... <laughs> I did not enjoy that. <laughs> I, I would have been happy if Drive to Survive cut it out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was just not... And, I mean, it was terrible. They,
1: they, they included that celebration, but they did not include anything from Mugello, the race itself.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's I, I guess I guess the episode was about Ferrari, right? And Ferrari again had like an uneventful uh Mugello race to finish ninth and tenth if, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. Ninth and tenth, yeah. But e- even then like nothing to nothing really add to Ferrari's yeah. You know? Uh e- and even Martya Benoit's interview, I I think they were just like almost pointless because Martya was just saying the same thing over and over again.
1: Yeah, determination. That keyword Yeah. Yeah, that
0: keyword. <laughs> Determination. <laughs> but, nice. but yeah, and then uh, and then the season moved on to Daniel Ricardo's breakup with Renault.
1: End of an affair.
0: I, I think I think the moment that stood out to me was um, Daniel Ricardo giving I I would like to know who the people were that Daniel Ricardo handed the tattoo book to to give to Cyril. Were they like Cyril's family or uh, it's it like a bunch of people. They were like having lunch or something, and yeah, then yeah, yeah. Daniel gets up, and then you know he 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 gives the books to them to like give to Cyril, and um, that <laughs> that was interesting. But we're still waiting on the tattoo, so you know who knows uh, what happened.
1: I mean, Cyril has left Formula One, so Ricardo. But
0: but he said you know he said he he would still honor it.
1: Yeah, he would honor it, but uh, Ricardo won't be able to hold him, uh, catch him on any weekend and. We won't get any you know media activity around it. So, let's yeah,
0: see. exactly. Um, but um, I guess
1: that that episode was I mean a lot about Cyril himself and how he exactly. felt betrayed. Actually, because yeah. they spent a lot of money they, to get Ricardo and only two. Yeah, and yeah. And leaving, he, although he did get, did get two podiums eventually, and Renault got three podiums in total including Ocon's podium but knowing that you won't be he won't be racing for you in the future specifically they they've got uh, Ricardo for the future and knowing that it will end it was very
0: strange yeah that's what Cyril said right it's not the long term project we signed up for yeah and especially since uh, di- didn't like daniel sign before the season started yeah yeah so the it was half the... even more heartbreaking exactly yeah. and, and and daniel did say you know in in, in bits and pieces that he he, like, he didn't have regrets, but he did think, you know, at times that he made the wrong decision or made the jump too quickly or something like that. And he, he was second-guessing his own decision about moving to McLaren.
1: I mean, um, obviously, if you do it that early in the season and you uh, so see the pendulum sing- swinging between both teams, you will second-guess it. But yeah. I think it was the right decision at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, but uh, it, it's great. It's just great to see Daniel, you know, just smiling and having a good time. I, yeah. just, I can just, like, I can just sit and watch Daniel <laughs> just, like, go through his day. Like, I will have no problem. Yeah.
1: And, oh, uh, I, I, I remember Daniel Ricardo's farm. I mean, that is a place to live. I, 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 I felt, <laughs> oh, my God. Australian Outback. Yeah. It's huge and it's, like, dirt track. You can ride your ATV yeah. wherever you want. It was quite interesting. I was daydreaming about yep.
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can I can see that happening. <laughs> uh, all right, then the anything else about this episode? Um,
1: I don't quite remember because it was about Cyril and Ricardo, right?
0: Yeah, mostly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then uh, we moved on to uh, Pierre Gasly. Uh, Come back again. This, yeah. This was this. Yeah. This was just Netflix covering his win in Monza for the most parts, and uh, and a couple harsh comments from really from uh, Christian Horner. Uh, yeah. Just, yeah. Just sliced in between. Uh, <laughs> I have to put down a dog and something like that. Uh, really, really. Uh, not even harsh, but just
1: no. Walk?
0: Inappropriate almost. No,
1: wasn't <laughs> I had to put down a dog was his own dog, about his own dog.
0: I don't know. I thought it was in reference to Pierre.
1: <laughs> no, but that would have been last season, no. I think this was I
0: I don't know, maybe I misinterpreted it. <laughs> I d I don't know.
1: Yeah, I, it was I, weird. I I certainly feel like you jumped to confusion. It was
0: out of place. <laughs> It was out of players. Yeah. Because they were talking about Pierre and Alex and then you know there's this just like one random comment of uh honor <laughs> walking down the stairs like I had to put on dog and I'm like what the what? is he talking about Pierre? What is he talking about? Uh,
1: he said that yeah, he he's upset and don't wouldn't like any weird questions on the day for the press conference. But Yeah Yeah, <laughs> 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 Quite. Yeah,
0: uh, but definitely interesting to see how they've been like they've been very closed off about Pierre uh, ret- Pierre's return to the Red Bull team uh, like at first they were like oh he's definitely not coming back but then it got a lot more cagey I feel like throughout the interviews as the season progressed
1: yeah I think I think see uh, since Alphatori is a sister slash junior team but they are not in full control by Red Bull right so yeah. I think Franz Torst has his own say on the driver lineups and he might have, you know, put up the notion that, okay, let Pierre stay with us for a couple more seasons maybe. We'll nurture him to be a world-class driver even better than he is right now because obviously he's a young driver and he'll grow to be better. And that is, I think, best for both sides. <sighs>
0: I, I mean, I I guess. I, I don't want Pierre to go to Red Bull. I want him to find another another team that's doing well. And Alfredo is looking good this season. So, we'll see we'll see what happens. Anyway, just about Drive to Survive Season 3. <laughs> let's, let's not get into that. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and then we finally come to uh, Season 7. The star of Drive to Survive throughout all the seasons. Gunther Steiner. We finally get an episode with him. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I was actually very sad that we haven't heard from Gunther in the five episodes, in the first five episodes. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: I was like, we were missing something. Yeah, uh, 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 <laughs> like and, to survive and, is and, not. And then movie. we got
1: an entire episode to the man himself.
0: Yeah, exactly. And uh, in in the interview with Jenny Gao uh, that was released on YouTube later on her what on her like YouTube channel, uh, when she was interviewing the producer director of uh, Drive to Survive. Uh, and he said how, how welcoming you know Haas and Gunther have been since the start of uh, Drive to Survive. Yeah, yeah. And how how they can put put a column mic on Gunther and he's like okay with it. <laughs> yeah. And, <you> know, <laughs> and he he lets them record anything and everything, which is which is a little I don't it's it's a little crazy uh, you know to think about it that you know you you being monitored at all times and someone's recording you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but 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 <laughs> TV. To, to yeah, he, he's
1: he's comfortable around about it and it's just. It's it's his actual personality, you know. He's not putting up a show. He's not yeah. he's not dialing himself down. And I think it was it it's a good uh, part from Gunther himself.
0: But, well, I, but the most interesting part of that episode was me. For me, was uh, was the rivalry between uh, Gunther and Fredrick Wasser when they were trying to get Mick to yeah. join the teams. Yeah. It was very. Um, because everybody says, you know, Ferdinand is a great businessman. He's very, you know, he's very intelligent. But he's also very shrewd. And we, we saw that, a glimpse of that uh, during that episode, uh, which is interesting. But th- there's one thing in that episode that confused me a lot. Uh, so remember when Kunthar um, is talking to the sports uh, management company, I think, uh, SIG International. I, I, don't, I don't exactly remember. Yeah. But he's, he's having a meeting with them at the headquarters, right? And then... After the meeting, the scene cuts to Gunther. Uh, Gun Gunther's kind of staring at the wall yeah, with the, the Ural, Kali. Ural Kali. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, this makes no sense. Like this, they cut to something that happened in our timeline that we know of. Like later on in the season.
1: Yeah. And uh, but I think that that storyline was about that storyline was about getting sponsors. You know, and remember because uh, at that during that meeting meeting gunter said that okay i can't guarantee anything and the the leadership of that company were not entirely happy judging by their uh, you know body language reaction yeah, yeah. so i think oral kali coming in coming in as the title sponsor and then we do move on see to, that is another
0: thing that netflix didn't exactly cover right because we just they just cut to nikita mazzin being a, like you know being the driver being for the driver yeah one. And Gunther just saying, oh yeah, it, it's rookies, but we need the money, so you know, it, it's not going to be the best, but it's n- just because other teams don't do it doesn't mean it's wrong. But there, like we didn't see any, we see we didn't see any discussions between Dimitri Mazepin and Gunther. I think you know I would have liked to see more of that.
1: But uh, I suppose uh, okay. I don't want to get into stuff from outside DDS, so let's let's keep it that way. But I guess. Uh, there was not much of a storyline for it because they needed the money and they got the money. So that was it. Yep,
0: yep. Uh, And then I think the most uh, touching episode of the season, you know, just reliving the Carlando bromance uh, one final time. In my opinion though, I think after watching that episode, I think the Carlando bromance will only grow after having, after Carlos moved out of McLaren i think it saved the carlando friendship that we all admire so much
1: i i totally agree with you because we have seen this with hamilton and Rosberg. they were best friends and they were exactly. they were not best friends for two seasons they were best friends for ages since 13 exactly yeah, since they were 13. and that the the rivalry the team intra team rivalry ruined it so with different teams although we won't be seeing them in the McLaren unboxed and in the social media channels, that much. But the the friendship will grow definitely.
0: Yeah, I I yeah I think I think like you know, Carlos moving out of uh, McLaren kind of saved that, <laughs> hopefully saved that friendship. <laughs> uh, but but I, I I don't know if like I was I was reading too much into it, but just it just seemed Lando didn't really want Carlos to leave the team, and he was kind of. He was hurt a little bit, even <laughs> though he was angry that, you know, <laughs> Carlos is... Like, like, in that moment where we saw, you know, wh- where uh, where Carlos was angry about... Like, after the Syrian he Carlos was angry about uh, having to let go Lando, yeah, yeah. Uh, having to release Lando. And then uh, Lando had a great race, and Carlos didn't. And then um, and then in, in, in the media interviews later on, uh, Carlos and Lando had a little, little tussle with the Jets. Although it was, like, playful and it was, like, serious... Um, Lando did come out and Lando got out, and he did come out and say that you know if I did the same thing to you, you would become angry and butthurt and whatnot. <laughs> uh, so yeah. that, that that went to show that you know things were a little bit more strained than uh, than what we thought.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, uh, we see on Twitter nowadays, like after the the series released, you know, people are complaining that the Kalando rivalry was not really there. And... I think it was it there. It was there, like, exactly. Because, you know, Carlos Sainz is not getting the full information from McLaren because he is leaving the team. You know that, Land- that Lando Norris is the future of the team and they are trying to build it around him. And you also know that Lando Norris wants to take the fight to the next level because he's not a rookie anymore. And he got exactly. a great start of the season with a podium and a P5. So, Lando Norris wanted that... Uh, like, he wanted... To be there in the team as as an equal to Carlos, right? And I think the I think at the very very
0: start of the episode, he points out after like you know we see Lando on the podium uh, in the interview after that, Lando points out that Carlos probably didn't see that coming because the year before he was a rookie and he he wasn't as aggressive as this year. Exactly. And Carlos is gonna fight back, but uh, it 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 still definitely seemed that even though they were having like a rough time, uh, you know they were happy. And they were like, you know, the competitive patches, uh, Lando still didn't want Carlos to just up and leave uh, McLaren.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> I suppose. But I, I, I feel, I feel Carlos's uh, move and the the way his family is involved, which we see, which we see in the season is very, very important. And, you know, to even though like from the seasons uh, even before the season started he had signed and the entire season he saw what uh, what the position ferrari were in and and he was in a bad position at mclaren himself so he wanted that support and seeing carlos senior and the cousin carlos be there for him yep. is a very great thing and i think
0: i think yeah having his dad uh, and his cousin around him at times is definitely like you know it's, it's a great support support system yeah and, and i think that is something that you know n- not just not just carlos like anyone in their life would uh, would want
1: exactly but i feel like from what we have seen on dts and from what we have seen on social media i feel carlos is much more involved and much more connected with his family because he goes yeah i, yeah, I, I mean yeah. obviously everyone is connected to their family but the the relationship with carlos and Carlos it's, it's a very
0: strong is, yeah. and healthy relationship and that he shares. Also, us,
1: uh, because you uh, know uh, Carlos Senior is himself a world champion, so he does get involved a lot more than other parents, I suppose. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, but we we also saw a glimpse of uh, the like I think I think Jenny Gao pointed out um, the father son relationship that uh, Zach Brown and Lando share. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah. so that that was that's was kind of cute to uh, to see how and it it was very warming to see uh when Lando finished P3 and how he ran and how Zach Brown ran <laughs> to each other and they hugged each other as like wow like this is this is great like this is is great yeah.
1: and and, uh, and was, I remember very and I remember in uh, after after the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix and the you know the cool down lap the team radio Zach Brown was shouting in his American accent, Lando, yeah, yeah man, and all that stuff. And Lando himself uh, did that American accent and, oh yeah, yeah, Zach and whatnot. And that was quite funny for me.
0: Yeah, uh, it's it's great to see the rapport those guys share. And again, um, and and we all know, you know, Zach, Zach Brown li- loves Daniel Ricardo too. So it'll be interesting to see how um, how that relationship pans out uh, between Zach Brown and Daniel Ricardo, and also into. It was really nice to see, you know, that Lando was looking forward to finding out why Daniel Ricciardo is so highly rated and how he can learn and, you know, take the fight a step further with Daniel Ricciardo. That was definitely like the most heartwarming episode of all the episodes that we saw. Um, and it was really great to explore that, uh, to see just more of more, you know, more Carlando content, uh, regardless. And then the biggest story, Man on Fire, Roman Groger. I think, well, I just said the car land you know, it was very heartwarming. But I think the most touching uh, part of the entire season was uh, Roman and his wife. uh,
1: Marion. Marion. uh,
0: Yeah, Marion's interview uh, at the end of that episode of episode nine. I think um, it just... It it seemed like they were just re-realizing or you know just reliving the whole thing as Roman was talking about it, uh, and you know just how thankful and grateful they were for uh, Roman escaping the horrific crash that he had.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I mean, uh, getting Marion involved was a was a good uh, good initiative from, like, Netflix. from Netflix from BTS box-to-box films. Yeah. yeah. And, yep, yep. and and uh and that uh, that moment when uh roman says i'm the man that walked out of fire <laughs> yeah. and Mariam just goes, and oh just my rolls god eyes. <laughs> there we go again yeah, that was cute <laughs> yeah that was <laughs> that,
0: that was funny and uh it was the longest episode of the season 51 minutes almost an hour oh uh, yeah it was the longest episode and it was great um, to hear
1: from uh dr ian roberts as well you know they interviewed him as well
0: absolutely and I, I think, like, you know, uh, I, I, I was personally very surprised with how how much uh, the crash itself was covered by Netflix, uh, the images and things like that, because I, I feel like the consensus after the crash and after, like, the incidents that had happened over the last couple of years, you know, with uh, Antoine Hubert and uh, the consensus has been, you know, it's detrimental to show it on TV over and over again. It's not... Like on one hand, at least at least for like romance crash, you could say like you know you could it would be a testament to his willpower to his uh you know character, but um, like the general consensus in from coming from the paddock after that happened was you know they shouldn't have shown it on TV for so long because
1: yeah, and um, Ric- Ricardo Daniel Ricardo did say a lot. He was very outspoken about it.
0: Even even Lewis Hamilton said you know that they shouldn't do it because it just it drills like you know it the, the fear creeps in, the more you see it. And the longer we, they didn't see Roman walk out of the fire, the more convinced they were that he was not going to uh, be seen again.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's not the drivers, you know, the drivers still know, like the drivers obviously are risking their lives, but their families, hundreds of thousands of miles away,
0: yeah. are
1: watching those same images. And the families know Roman and other drivers, you know, they, they get involved.
0: And, and and Marion pointed that out. You know, she she said, you know, for two and a half minutes we we didn't know, and with every passing yeah. second, uh, she was just more and more convinced.
1: So yeah, it was quite uh, strange, rightly so, as you said, but nevertheless, one of the better episodes of the series. The yeah, like, again, it was very heartwarming and very. Uh, I mean, hungry. I I I got anxious.
0: Well, yeah, I, I got very anxious wa- watching those images again and those uh, images of the crash and, you know, and Netflix was covering it, like, in the sequence of the events that happened, right? And they were showing the crash and they took way longer than two and a half minutes to yeah. show that, you know, Roman was out of, out of the car. And I'm like, like, can we just get to that part? You know, I, I don't want to relive this over and over again. Yeah. Um, as a fan, even. So, uh, yeah, my, my anxiety was sky high, e- even though I knew, you know, that Roman is fine and he's racing again in Indy Colors, yeah, but...
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right, and...
0: And then, um, last episode of the season, way to way to wrap up with um, the Abu Dhabi season finale. Mm, mm, definitely, they tried to cover... Uh, well, we forgot about Perez's win, you know, that, that they covered, n- not, not a whole lot, they did cover Perez's overtakes and stuff like that. But um, not as as exciting. Um, it, it didn't excite me as much as, yeah, as
1: the I think they, they, as I would think they it would covered Perez's win in the last episode because of the whole uh, fight for P three in constructors uh, storyline, you know. And but it was good. It was good to see Perez talking to his family back home in Mexico. That video call was quite hap- quite uh, well covered.
0: Yes, yeah, that was that was definitely a nice touch uh from like it was definitely nice and nice of netflix to be there yeah. uh, to cover all of that and for paris to allow netflix to be in there um and then i don't I don't know episode 10 wasn't like a whole lot because i, I guess it didn't matter as much uh, about the p3 and the constructor like it was exciting back then you know to see who yeah who'll finish ahead but uh, knowing the results i didn't it, yeah. i didn't really care about it a whole lot um but again surprising that um Netflix didn't cover the V Races One initiative uh, as much as I would have thought. Uh, just like a little like five ten minute clip at the end of the last episode with Lewis talking about it a little bit and a few clips uh, from the events that had happened earlier in the year. Um Yeah, they they they
1: they certainly could have uh, explored more on it. But I mean, you can't have everything and so
0: yeah, exactly. Like, there's a lot, lot of other things that Netflix couldn't couldn't cover. I guess you know, especially in this season, with restrictions and whatnot. Like, um, uh, like we, we, they didn't cover Russell's win or like Russell's not win, but uh, Russell's oh, Mercedes. Uh, disappointing race yeah, in, in, Mercedes. in Bahrain with
1: Mercedes. I mean, they didn't cover, George uh, Russell was barely mentioned. George, exactly, George I, exactly. I think, I think I only saw George Russell once, when Kimi Räikkönen crashed into him at Naburi.
0: That and when like at the at the start of this, in, like episode two when they come back and George is like saying hi to the cameras. Yeah, yeah, uh, like the virtual fans. Yeah, yeah,
1: that was a bit.
0: They they didn't they didn't cover Hulkenberg's return even once out of like the two three, or three, three appearances yeah, three so that appearances. We had. Yeah, the three appearances didn't cover that. Uh, didn't cover Claire Williams. um Like they mentioned it, but they didn't cover uh behind the scenes of Claire Williams leaving. Yeah,
1: the, team. the Williams family exactly.
0: And uh, they, they also didn't cover Alonso's return to F1 and, you know, his tests and the behind-the-scenes of Alonso's preparation to race the season.
1: Yeah, I mean, they did show Alonso once, but uh, yep. I like I personally, as a fan, would have liked Alonso to be covered more. But obviously, I believe next season, they have an entire episode planned for Alonso because he's a two-time world champion. He he might have an eventful season next year so
0: and i and i I think i think uh the i I keep forgetting his name but the producer director of uh drive to survive on the interview with jenny gao he he did say like you know that that they're aware of the fact that they didn't cover a lot of storylines this season because of various reasons and things like like you know just not being able to be there like at all places at all times yeah but he also said that some of the storylines can be um Integrated into next into year's next year. Try to survive 21 So we might see some of these
1: storylines come. Uh, yeah, and, come back. and that happens because uh, we saw the 2018 uh, Russian Grand Prix come back for this the, for this season. Absolutely. So
0: yeah. Uh, and but 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 in the same interview, the the director pointed out something that um, I guess although like the Drive to Survive season three. Didn't exactly, like, you know, it, it wasn't the most in-depth, I feel, um, in terms of storylines, but it, like, in little pockets of moments and clips, you know, and he he alluded to the fact that because they were with the teams and they were in team kits and things like that, they were able to experience, like, blend in more with the team and experience the environment much more closely than ever before.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, they, they were blended in with the team, but obviously they couldn't get. Everything from everywhere because they were in uh, the bio bubbles.
0: Yep, yep, absolutely. But one thing that, that just... That gave me, like, an OCD almost. Was, like, when they were covering Lando's win. And his last lap of, like, how he's catching up to Hamilton. And all I was waiting for was to listen, like, hear scenario 7 scenario 7 in my headphones and it never came <laughs> and i was like why is this not there <laughs> this is probably the most prolific uh quote from that race
1: <laughs> yeah they i think they did mention they did include scenario 7 during the qualifying like
0: testing or yeah, qualifying testing yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly.
1: Qualifying. but they didn't mention it in the race but yeah and even they even even they didn't mention uh, you know Sergio Perez breaking down on the last lap, because that episode was about McLaren and Racing Point. They mentioned Lance Stroll, but they didn't mention Sergio Perez. It was quite strange.
0: Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was really weird. Um, we didn't see a lot of the drivers either this this season. Like, um, I feel the focus was more on the team principles than the <laughs> drivers almost. Yeah,
1: we 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 didn't see uh, Daniel Kvyat at all. I think...
0: Yeah, that was just like that little clip with Pierre when they're trying out when they're doing the photo shoot. Oh,
1: yeah, right. Right, I had forgotten about I, know. I like the fact that uh, they focused on Daniel Kvyat's face when they stand for the national anthem on on in the Russian GP episode. So that was like... That was, I think, good because to show him <laughs> I don't know. to show him at his home race. But we, yeah. but we didn't see him other than that. And yeah, Charles Leclerc... We saw interacting with fans a little bit, but nothing more. And uh, we saw his crash at Monza a few times.
0: So many times. (laughs) Like, I feel like we saw that crash a little way too many times than we (laughs) we needed to. We saw it once when they were covering Carlos coming second. We saw saw it again when we saw Ferrari's episode. And then we saw it again when we saw Pierre's episode on how he won um, in Monza and i was like we really don't need to see this crash again and again we all know, <laughs> know <laughs> what happened Just don't make me relive this again, yeah. uh anymore than i already have uh so yeah they yeah
1: they i think they didn't cover uh, the turkish grand prix as much as they as much as I, the community believes I, they should have because it was the record equaling grand prix and uh, like it, and yeah, it was I, the, I
0: guess that's true
1: uh, the a fun race with Sebastian on the podium, so Sebastian and. But Sebastian again, I, th- I
0: think uh, they didn't really have an episode on Lewis per se, You know that the episode that they had on Mercedes was mostly focused on Bottas and not on Lewis. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I, and I guess like you know, I guess like the F one community in general is missing out on the hype of uh, Lewis Hamilton. You know, having seven championships, and uh, I just. I just feel like there's not enough hype to have a seven-time world champion once again on the grid, <laughs> uh, and I, that's been yeah. missed out by like all everyone, including Netflix.
1: Yeah, uh, but I believe I think the worst covered team on a whole was Williams. Was definitely Williams because
0: even even Alpha Romeo didn't feature at all.
1: Alpha Romeo did have an episode with the Gun Gunter Sainer's episode, you know. We, we do hear from, Fred yeah, yeah, of, and yeah. we do hear from yeah. Antonio Giovinazzi, but... Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah,
0: you're Williams,
1: right. I in, I don't know if I heard Yeah, from we,
0: we didn't see Williams at all um, throughout, and I think they had one of the biggest stories of the season with... Yeah, the, with
1: the with Williams with the family, family leaving, it, yeah. leaving
0: the team. Uh, but, um, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Definitely um, a lot more potential, I guess, that... Uh, Drive to Survive missed out on, but again, uh, you know, Drive to Survive is bringing in more F1 fans, and I couldn't be happier. So I'll throw this question out to you, Vedant. Drive to Survive has been a fan favorite, but it also has received a lot of criticism from uh, long-time F1 fans that you know it's for different reasons. I, I don't yeah. even know a lot, but <laughs> I, I know a lot of people. Oh no! Because I I, I genuinely like it. I just genuinely like more F1 content. So you know, any any content is well appreciated. But uh, I know, like a lot of purist fans, don't like the idea of new fans just joining through Drive to Survive. But is Drive to Survive a regular feature on your F one calendar now?
1: It definitely is because, and hear me out. You know, it, there are there are a couple of reasons for it. Firstly, uh, there are more than a couple of reasons for it. Firstly, I saw a po I saw I saw a graph recently on Reddit on the Formula One subreddit. Which showed that the number of uh, subscribers the F1 subreddit got after each release of uh, Right to Survive, and it was growing exponentially, and it was and the the uprise started with uh, Liberty Media joining in coming in right, and so I think what Liberty Media has done with Formula One to get that this content across to new fans. They, they did explore uh, social media properly, YouTube, they, they revamped YouTube, they revamped their website and all that stuff. And I mean, it is beyond the point of DTS, but Media as a whole has been very beneficial. I know there's a lot of criticism for Drive to Survive from the purest fans, as you said, but for me, a sport only survives when there are fans. Yep, absolutely. If there are only purist fans, I mean it the sport can't grow because purist fans grow organically and very slowly, you know. And with with Drive to Survive. I I personally see a lot of people I know have started following Formula One properly and with technical insights, yeah, A lot, in fact.
0: A, lo- a, lo- a lot of our mutual friends have started following Formula exactly. because of Drive to Survive. And it's
1: not that they only enjoy Drive to Survive because it's entertaining. Or if they only watch Formula 1 because it's something to talk about. They get involved. They get uh, involved in the insights. They start reading up. They start reading on the technology and all that this, stuff. They start yeah, reading they start the, start the history. Races. Exactly. Yep. So I think it's only... I mean, there's no negative... Uh, result out of it. It's only yeah, for me. So for me, it's all positive.
0: I mean, yeah, absolutely. I, I I totally agree with you. Well, um, I don't have any more thoughts on Drive to Survive season three. Um, uh, it just leaves me wanting more, and I can't wait for the season to get going in Bahrain in a week. Any closing thoughts from you, Vedant?
1: Well, for me, see, I I think we covered why Drive to Survive couldn't uh, include a lot more things, but people need to understand the formula the current formula 1 fans formula 1 fans who watch drive to survive after watching 2022 season need to understand that it's not a season review yep
0: yeah, yep yeah.
1: it is a dramatized version of uh, it is a dramatized documentary it's, as it's such it's a documentary
0: yeah yeah, absolutely and
1: its main motive is, is to get more fans to formula 1 that is its main motive so, if it's serving its purpose, I don't see... Because if there's someone who is not following Formula 1, they wouldn't care what happened in Turkey. All right, exactly. a, a great man won another championship. The most successful... Like
0: Claire, Claire Williams leaving... Yeah, it uh, wouldn't matter to the them. Is, is it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But the story... Hulkenberg's return, not a huge deal for them. The
1: storyline in Monza where... Uh, an underdog team is winning, the storyline in Austria where, you know, uh, Lando Norris is coming from behind the shadow of La- uh, uh, Carlos Sainz. So these are the storylines that make Formula One more exciting for newer fans. And I think that is the purpose Drive to Survive is trying to solve. So the cri- the criticism, while is acceptable, is not very justified.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Well. Um... Thank you, Vedant. Um, It's been a pleasure talking to you about Right to Survive. I wish we could have binge-watched it together. But um, COVID times and college did not help that. But it was definitely great catching up. Also the time difference, man. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I I mean, I I try not not to let that be a factor. But, uh, you know, things don't always pan out the way you want them to. But anyway, great to have you here. uh, And I'll catch you on the next uh, episode. Thank you so much.